We are created in the image and likeness of God. We are children of God, and therefore, gods. When we reflect on this powerful statement, it becomes apparent that we do not consider ourselves gods. We do not feel like gods, rather, we regard ourselves as beings subject to oppression, desperately seeking guidance from an external deity. We have lost our true godlike identity and thus resort to religious rituals in order to connect with God, irrespective of the name we call God or whoever we perceive God to be. The one common denominator to such ritualistic behavior is a desperate and beggarly cry for help and need for acceptance. What could have happened to influence our present state of consciousness since God created men in his image and likeness? Life, as we know it, is ruled by perception, and this perception is informed by our convictions, which in turn are obtained from life's experiences as well as the writings, teachings, and legacies inherited from previous generations. It is nearly impossible to reconcile the notion of being gods with our current state of being and perception. To be godlike in our perception means to be omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Human beings in their present state of mind are subject to the effects of a worldly reality and by no means in control of their own destiny. A large part of the global population suffers from the effects of poverty, disease, malnutrition and despair, which does not reflect a godlike reality. Even affluent societies do not reflect their likeness to God, but are rather preoccupied by the search for their true origins and purpose. If we go to the first chapter of Genesis, we read that man was not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We are told that the day we were to eat of it, we would die. What was this tree? In the Torah, we read that the tree was known as the tree of knowledge of good and labor. From this, and by revisiting the original Bible scriptures to determine the accurate translations, we see that the correct word is not evil, but labor. How intriguing is this? Because we have been conditioned to think that evil is to be blamed for all our miseries and shortfalls. It is easier to accept our shortcomings when we can blame a third party, especially if that party is already named in the Bible. So how do we now differentiate between evil and labor? Let us consider the implications. God is the creator and nothing has been created without him. He looked at all that he had created as an artist would look at his work of art and expressed his satisfaction. When he said, it is exceedingly good, he did not lie. Therefore, there could not have been any evil, for if that had been the case, he quite possibly would have said, it is very good, but evil lurks. God never mentioned evil, therefore evil was never created by him. And if it was never created by him, it does not exist and is only a figment of our imagination. 
It is unimaginable to think that God would create evil. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If there is no evil, since God did not create it, then where do we get this concept from? Firstly, we must consider the Garden of Eden, where the snake tempted men. 